0: Will, do you know what show this is for us? Not number. This is the ninety-first Tony G show. Yeah, I mean like the theme of today's show.
1: I think we're gonna talk about baseball.
0: Not even close. I tried. No, it is our Valentine's Day show. What do you think about that? Oh,
1: I see. I didn't. I would. I was joking when I said baseball. Yeah, because I thought we were gonna say football because we've been only talking about football. Yeah,
0: and today's gonna be mostly football too.
1: Oh, you threw a little curveball in there. It's yeah. Like baseball analogy.
0: Valentine's or Day shuffle. Phrasing. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> That's all right, Will. Yeah. What do you think? Valentine's Day show. It's this Sunday, mm-hmm. February 14th. All right. <laughs> Nothing to add from Will. Okay. Thanks. All right. Conversation. Great. Valentine's Great. Valentine's Will. Day. You're welcome. Yep. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Let's get to it. We got a good show planned for you today. Season six, episode four of The Tony G Show. I am the host, Tony G. That voice you hear, my friend, my radio partner, the Joy Taylor to my Colin Coward, Will McCormick.
1: Hey.
0: Hey. (laughs) Very talkative today, as always. I (laughs) I mean, just adding the most minimal input that you could.
1: I mean, it's your show.
0: Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll see how this episode goes. If you're still listening, this is again The Tony G Show. We're going to talk about the NFL to start the show off today. There's, You know how we usually do three segments? Mm-hmm. We have the one main one that goes about a half hour, then the second one about a 45-minute segment. Or no, 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 yeah, about a 15-minute segment goes to about the 45 mark in the hour. And then we have another 15-minute segment to end the show. So it's a half hour, 15-minute, 15 15-minute. 15 today, we have four segments. Mm, what do you think about that? The first segment right off the bat, we're going to talk about the quarterback shuffle. All right. Like the dance quarterback. Shuffle? It, yeah. We
1: yeah. can trademark that.
0: Yeah, Maybe we should. Tony probably already quarterback is. shuffle. Maybe that, that's what I'll name our intro song. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so either. The quarterback. Sh- okay, whatever. We're going to get through the quarterback shuffle to start the show. Then we're going to talk about some NFL officiating changes or rule changes that Will and I think should happen in the offseason for the NFL. And then segment number three, I had to put it in there. You know me, big NASCAR fan. We're going to preview Daytona. Will shakes <laughs> Will shakes his head. Does I had to put it in there. I mean, you know, this is the Tony G show. I am Tony G. I'll talk about NASCAR if I want. Forget what Tony G Nation says. No, I'm just kidding. But then that fourth segment, Will. Mm-hmm. Mm. A, little, a, little a little teaser here. Yeah. A special fourth segment of the show. I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. You're going to have to listen for that f- special fourth segment. It's going to be... Uh,
1: they could just skip to the end if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, well, I'd, I'd prefer if they didn't. I mean, yeah. you're going to miss the quarterback shuffle and NFL officiating. And, of course, my famous Daytona preview.
1: Right. A true fan would listen th- 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 the, whole the whole way, way. through. Yeah,
0: true, true members of Tony G Nation. Either way, though, the fourth segment is going to be, I think, one of my favorite today. You'll see. I Mm -hmm. I can't say too much about it. I'm being very careful with my words right now, but we'll get there. The fourth segment of today's show. Stick around for that. Before we get into it, Tony G show drops Tuesdays, Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can follow the show on Twitter, on social media. I'm at Tony G show on Twitter. Will is at Willis5312 on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the show, what you want to hear. Get to us that way. And... That's about it. We got a good episode today. Mm -hmm. Let's get into it. Tony G Show. Shuffle. Do the quarterback shuffle. What do you think? Is it catching on to you? <laughs> I, no.
1: I didn't even didn't even speak a word there. A
0: slight shake of the head from Will McCormick, the quarterback shuffle. All right, let's get today's show kicked off with our quarterback sh- shuffle, our first segment of the day. Here's what it is. Which quarterbacks will be on the move, should be on the move, and already have been on the move in the NFL off season, whether it's trades, free agency, or retirement? So let's start here. A quarterback on the move, one that has already been on the move, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, in the January 30th trade be- between the Lions and the Rams. And it was a haul for both teams, you could argue. I mean, mm-hmm. both teams got a-, a pretty good chunk of value from-, from this trade. The Lions got a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick and a upcoming 2021 third-round pick in this year's draft, as well as quarterback jared goff
1: that's a
0: lot that is a lot that's a good that's a good haul yeah for an organization especially you know they have a new head coach uh he had the he had the very peculiar interview uh a press conference introductory press yeah dan campbell campbell whatever yeah he he was the one that came in and you know we're gonna punch it in the mouth and we're gonna you know he had the very weird Out of the blue, whatever, I mean it was...
1: It's on par for that organization. Yeah,
0: a little oddball. Yeah, that's okay. That's cool. Sometimes
1: they can bring in a little special.
0: You're right. Maybe that's the the turn of the page for the Lions here. Mm -hmm. The point is they have a new coach, they have a new quarterback, they have a bunch of, of draft picks to use and to get better on for the future. So this may be an organization on the rise. And then on the other side, the Los Angeles Rams get Matthew Stafford. What do you think about that?
1: To me, it's really interesting, and I can't figure out in my mind who wins and who loses in this situation. And it's going to take up until 2023, I guess, to figure that out. Yeah, you're right. But what's your initial thought
0: on this? My initial thought is it's good for Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. to go into this better situation. We're going to talk about this in about two minutes here. But my initial thought was that. Good for Matthew Stafford to get out to a, a, a better organization, more suited to win than the Detroit Lions were. And even the Lions and Lions Nation were kind of, you know, on that same mm-hmm. token that good for Matthew Stafford to go somewhere where he can be competitive. In terms of who wins this trade, I think it's important to recognize the value that the Lions have here because they have an average quarterback right. at quarterback now. They they took which, a little bit of a hit at quarterback for Jared Goff.
1: which But you can get by with an average quarterback you c- with a you really certainly good can. system.
0: You certainly can. And not to mention that they also have – First-round picks moving forward. They have third-round picks moving forward. It's tough to say who wins immediately. I'm going to go with the safe answer in, say, the Rams mm-hmm. because now they have an above-average quarterback in their organization for Sean McVay to use. It seemed like Sean McVay and Jared Goff were never really on the same page, and we can start talking about that right now because we've said it on the on the show before. Jared Goff is not a franchise quarterback. He does nothing special or nothing above average or above par that would earn him that contract that he has. Mm-hmm. And now the Lions have to take on. So, when you look at that, that tells me, and especially this trade tells me, that the Rams had their guy in Jared Goff, but they didn't clear it with Sean McVay first to sign him to that big mega contract. That he, It just didn't seem to me that Jared Goff and uh, Sean McVay were ever on the same page and it's this is going to be
1: super interesting for this organization because at least in my opinion, Goff and Stafford are about polar opposites. I feel like yeah. Goff, he's yes, he's tough, but Matthew Stafford is like tough as nails. Yeah, tough. Like, I mean, yeah.
0: When this trade went through, we there was it was all over social media. It was all over social media where, you know, that game where he had got hit, his lungs were hurt, his shoulder—I think it was—he
1: had a dislocated shoulder and he threw a touchdown pass with that dislocated shoulder. He would not come
0: out. So it just goes to show his toughness. And, and you know, in the videos there of, of that moment, and in that video, you can kind of see him fighting the uh, training staff. I'm going to go back in there, give me my helmet, give me and someone someone could you can hear someone audibly say, no, 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 no. Like, you're not going to get your helmet. You're not going to go back in. Mm-hmm. We're not going to clear you. And Stafford was too persistent to let anyone stop him from getting out on the field and throwing that touchdown pass for his team. So he's a team player, he's a tough guy, and he's a veteran now. In his, I think I have it right here, he's, yeah, he's going into his 13th season. So he's a veteran, he's experienced, and now he's in a better organization with a better offense than in Detroit. Well, here's the thing, he's only under contract for this year. He is just under contract for this year. If they wanted to restructure that, oh, excuse me, in, in this year and next year. So if they wanted to restructure that, they'd have to look at it pretty soon here.
1: That's still pretty short. That's not a lot of time. It's
0: a short span of time.
1: The Lions get basically a do-over. They get a younger quarterback. Granted, Goff isn't as good as Stafford. At yeah. least that's the general consensus. I would agree. But they get a lot of potential to rebuild.
0: Yeah. Two first-rounders. Which is rounders, what they need.
1: Right. Two first rounders, That's that can change your team. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can miss on both of them. And they are in
0: different years, but...
1: Right. But the point still remains for two years in a row unless they trade away those unless they don't have those 2022 2023 picks
0: yeah the, their initial first round picks yeah you, the ones that saying. they originally yeah. had they're
1: yep. gonna have two first round picks two years in a row yeah and which is a big deal
0: but keep in mind you have to capitalize on those right you have yeah. that has they, to happen
1: they could they could you know totally whiff on them and that it won't matter yeah but that's a big deal
0: that is huge. No, I get what you're saying. The value that the Lions got in this trade is definitely there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no clear cut loser of this trade. However, when you look at Matthew Stafford's contract, and now this is kind of playing devil's advocate to mm-hmm. you know the, our, our idea that the Rams have won this trade. If you're playing devil's advocate, this is a hurt Matthew Stafford. Right. This is a Matthew Stafford that's earning nine and a half million this season, this upcoming season and $12.5 million in 2022, then he's an unrestricted free agent to do what he wishes.
1: Yeah, it, it makes you wonder. You know, wonder. it's tough. It's tough. And the other question I wanted to ask you, too, which I really am not sure the answer to, Yeah. is Stafford mobile enough slash young enough to play in this offense?
0: At, at this point in his career? That, and, and Here's the thing. I think it's an offense that needs to capitalize on athleticism. And that's something I don't think Jared Goff really brought to the table. He wasn't versatile in anything he did.
1: Right. I'm not saying that Goff's more athletic than Stafford or vice versa. I'm right. just wondering. But,
0: but when you look at Matthew Stafford, he has the ability to make better throws, to make unbalanced throws, to make throws on the run if he needs to. And now he's been doing it for 12 years in the NFL. So, yes, to that point, this is a good get for the Rams. However... When you look at their draft situation, now they're just trading away draft picks like like crazy. Yeah. Three in this trade, not to mention, remember the one for Jalen Ramsey, that first rounder that they gave up to get mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey? They don't have it anymore. So they don't have many draft picks to work with. Their time to win is now. Yep. And they're... like I said, if you're playing devil's advocate against the Rams here, do you think you need more than just this? I mean, now who who's your running back? Cam Akers moving forward. All right. Decent. You back. have an offensive line that's Big and strong, okay. A decent wide receiver core, and and above average wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Robert Woods and and Cooper Cup, and not to mention that you know you do have a very solid defense. That's what the back to back to back to back defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. So your time to win is now. You have to understand that and capitalize on that. You have to add pieces around Stafford and whatever you're going to do in this offense, whatever changes are going to be made behind Sean McVay, make sure that they. have revolve around Matthew Stafford he is your offense now he is your future
1: right because you can't expect Stafford to oh man I I don't want to say this or not say this but um I don't want to question his athletic ability because he is super athletic but you're you got to remember you're comparing a 13th season quarterback to what is stat or Goffin is like fifth season fourth season yeah um which is a big difference that is huge it's huge yeah but like to your point too Stafford's the kind of quarterback where you put him in a system like that. Like, you look at Aaron Rodgers. Before LaFleur came into town, kind of rhyming there an accident, um, you, you, ha- you had him in a system where he needs to make big throws a lot. Now you put him in a system where occasionally, maybe five throws a game, he's got to throw a crazy pass, Yeah. and he's capable of doing it. I think Stafford is that same kind of quarterback. He will go in and play this role just fine. He'll make the easy throws but he's going to be the kind of quarterback that could give you those four to five big passes in a game yeah. that change the game. It's
0: sort of like the Tom Brady thing, too, where mm-hmm. Tom Brady's kind of later in his career, and especially in New England, you saw a lot more dink and dunk, sort of side-to-side passes, but he could still go and make the big plays down the field. He could still throw downfield, and he still can. He just won a Super Bowl, as we talked about on Monday or on Tuesday. excuse me. But this situation's a little different because... Matthew Stafford has been hit and injured in a way that I don't think Tom Brady has been. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's been injured. Mm-hmm. He missed a full season. Um, he's had a little you know, pitter-patter injuries here and there throughout his career. But Matthew Stafford's been beat up in that Detroit Lions organization yeah. on a different level. So you got to remember, he's a little more fragile, and you have to really put a lot, of, a lot of attention on him moving forward. Like I said, it has to be your offense. You have to make sure you keep him healthy, though, too.
1: It could be a special season for Stafford. I mean, you yeah, think it about be. it, he's... He's played with a losing organization for 13 seasons. I mean, he's going to have Losers. a great amount of drive. New MVP?
0: It'll be interesting to see. MVP season? New MVP. I, mm.
1: Wouldn't surprise me.
0: Hmm. Now, you're, now you're putting I'm thoughts gonna, in my mind. I'm going
1: to say that now. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: It would surprise me. No. Yeah. If he won MVP?
1: Stafford has the capability to win MVP.
0: I understand that. that. team? I'm not saying that he's not talented. What I'm saying is... And... We're kind of running short on time here. We should get moving. But I do want to point out that the new young flux of NFL quarterbacking in the league is going to play a part in that. Josh Allen, yeah, right. Lamar Jackson, even Patrick Mahomes still. You're I mean, right. the young flux of guys in the league who have potential to win MVP, especially Deshaun Watson, a guy who we're, we're going to talk about here in a couple a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. These are young guys that are primed to win MVPs and Super Bowls. And does that kind of leave Matthew Stafford out of the discussion? It'll be interesting to see the kind of year he has in Los Angeles for the Rams in this first season for them. Let's move on here. Another quarterback that should be on the move, that probably will be on the move, Deshaun Watson, a guy we just mentioned. He needs to get out of that dumpster fire of an organization in Houston. All right, all the stupid trades. Remember the DeAndre Hopkins one? Um, Bill O'Brien was the GM and head coach, got fired from both positions. It's a terrible organization here it's it's not run well and it's something that a a talented quarterback and deshaun watson needs a better organization so he can profit off of it and the organization can profit off of it as well
1: can i play devil's advocate here of course does deshaun watson have enough weight to him to be mad about the way the organization is handling these trades like should he have the right not the right but he's a young quarterback he had, like, what, one good season? One great season, you know, if you could place yeah. him in that category? Does he have, like, the weight to him to be like, I'm mad you guys aren't listening to my opinion? Here's the thing. Because in my opinion, he doesn't.
0: I'd say I'd say he does. Really? I do.
1: Maybe. To an I, extent.
0: I think he does more so because of the weight and the value that the Texans hold in him rather than his play on the field. All right, let me elaborate. The Texans drafted him to be their guy. They drafted him to be their franchise quarterback, to build around him, to have playoff runs around him, and his MVP stature seasons. If you do not back him up, how can you expect him to hold up his end of the bargain? It's the very same thing with like J.J. Watt, where J.J. Watt was in a defensive player of the year, MVP candidate. I mean, the guy had a phenomenal season and was really bringing some attention around Houston, and they never did anything with it. They traded or or, or they didn't capitalize on the careers of, Arian Foster and Andre Johnson. And now here they are. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with those two I just mentioned, J.J. Watt, and now it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson, not capitalizing on the talent you have. So I say yes, he does have that weight because of the value that the Texans hold in him. I mean, he was their draft pick to be their guy. And Deshaun Watson is still having elite caliber seasons, even though he doesn't have talent around him. And when he did, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Right, and...
1: I didn't realize so that Watson, you know, he's in his fourth year. He's had some good years, but, like, besides that one year where they really made a push, in my opinion at least, he can, he can give a little bit of, you know, like, this is what I think we should do.
0: Yeah, and but, maybe he is behind closed doors.
1: Right, right. I mean, I would assume a lot of players that are, like, the starting quarterback are going to have some say. Yeah. But he's also got to remember that there are people who are paid to make them a good team. So if, right. if, you know, if they don't decide to go with his opinion, I don't, I, I, I just, it just kind of bugs me because it's like, he's a,
0: he's not like a wily veteran to be no. around here directing traffic in the locker room right, and stuff. Right, but, sure. but,
1: but if I were in his shoes, I'd be mad too. I'll leave it at that.
0: I think we could have this discussion all day. I mean, it's really good conversation, but at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston and it looks like even though they have a new GM new head coach who are adamant that he is going to stay in Houston which yeah it no. looks like he's going to be on the move at the end of the day it looks like that's inevitable
1: that's yeah that's another interesting thing now so like did did he request for a trade at some point
0: here's here's the timeline he requested for a trade after Dave O'Brien was fired then the Houston Texans go you know cuz Dave Dave O'Brien was the head coach and GM mm-hmm. so they go hire a new GM they go hire a new head coach and they both come in and say, Deshaun Watson isn't going to be traded. Deshaun Watson is going to be our quarterback moving forward. Mm-hmm. And here we sit, month, month and a half, couple months later, Deshaun Watson's still in Houston. So, you know, he's maybe maybe I have to maybe I have to take back some of my comments. I say at the end of the day it's inevitable that he's not going to be in Houston. Maybe it's not. Maybe he will be in Houston this upcoming season.
1: I think that's the more likely, or more likely situation is he's going to end up staying. If they
0: can talk him down off of a ledge and say, listen, let us build – let us try to mm-hmm. capitalize on our draft, try to build around you. We still have J.J. Watt on defense. We can build around him there. We have a new head coach, a new GM. Let Give us a year or two. S- stay out the remainder of your contract and see what we can do. Now, however, for the purpose of our conversation, quarterback shuffle, let's say that it is inevitable that he's going to be traded. Where do we see him going? There's been rumors swirling around about the New York Jets. For as much as I could see that, I don't hate Sam Darnold. There's a lot of people out there who think he's not a good quarterback. I think he's solid. I think he's like a Jared Goff type of quarterback.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, if you put Sam Darnold, this might be a hot take, you put Sam Darnold on the Rams, he's going to play at or better than Jared Goff.
0: I would agree. And for all the conversation we have about Jared Goff being average or, or not above and going to get traded, it's different here because Sam Darnold is a guy who, It was in a much worse situation in New York rather than LA, and still having decent seasons. Playing for Adam Gase, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, terrible coach.
1: You know what? That'd be kind of funny if he got traded to the Jets. In my opinion, yeah, he gets mad about not winning, so he goes to like one of the worst possible organizations.
0: (laughs) Deshaun Watson, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sorry, I should. Yeah, but but I, I would agree because when you hear that. You know, the potential for that trade, Deshaun Watson going to New York, you think, what? Maybe, maybe that's Going what, from Houston to New York, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's what changed his mind.
1: mind. They're like, all right, we'll treat you to the Jets. He's like, "Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in
0: Houston. What is a better situation? Let's just talk about this for a couple seconds here before we continue with this organization. What is a better situation? Playing in Houston if you're Deshaun Watson or New York?
1: You're asking me? Yeah.
0: yeah. Houston. I would agree.
1: Hands down. (laughs) I would agree. That's not even a question. Yeah, I would agree. I think, did the Jets have Frank Gore running the ball this year? Uh, Oh, was he in Miami? I don't know where Frank
0: Gore was. He was somewhere. (laughs)
1: No, yeah, I think he was Miami. Never mind. Anyways, yeah, Texans, way better.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Okay, so maybe, all right, maybe that's a little outlandish. He's not going to the Jets. How about this? Tony G's best suited organization here. The Chicago Bears, they got good wide receivers. At least now, they may be on the move. David Montgomery said, uh, I say said, he had a cryptic tweet yesterday. I don't know if you saw that where he tweeted, I enjoyed playing in Chicago. I love Chicago. Um, I enjoyed my time here. It kind of seemed like he was out the door. He later deleted it, took back his word, said, I'm not going anywhere. So, I don't know. He could be on the move too. So, keep in mind through this discussion here of Deshaun to Chicago, that the offense may be in flux in terms of talent right, that's talent. there. Yeah. So that could always be changed. But as it sits right now, the talent they have, it's a good stepping stone for Deshaun Watson. And if you trade for him now, maybe that'll keep Allen Robinson around. Maybe that'll show him, hey, we're, we're trying to build here. We're going to get you a really good quarterback, an elite-level quarterback instead of Mitchell Trubisky, instead of Nick Foles, and we're going to see what we can do. Maybe that'll show him that they're trying to build.
1: And The only thing... You know, obviously this would be best-case scenario for Chicago Bears fans if Deshaun Watson was traded here. How are they going to dump Mitch?
0: Oh, that, that'd be ugly.
1: How are they going to... He'd I mean, be the
0: backup again, I think.
1: I think they have to cut him. Oh, maybe. He's too expensive. He's way too expensive.
0: I could... You know, I agree. That's an expensive...
1: That's an expensive oh, backup. Oh, man, this is
0: a tough situation.
1: Isn't it? Because so now they have two backup-to-starter-level quarterbacks... Yeah. And now they get Watts. I mean, they'd almost have to trade one of those quarterbacks. Oh, I or agree. Both. You can't keep all of them. I think no. Nick Foles
0: is out, out, out the door regardless. Yeah. But remember, Mitchell Trubisky was drafted behind or or in front of, excuse me, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So now if the Bears go get Deshaun Watson, it's almost admitting we messed up. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's obvious that they did to the outside perspective. They can't say it because Mitch is still their guy. But if you go trade for Deshaun Watson, it kind of shows we, we botched that one pretty good to go get a quarterback that was drafted after the quarterback uh, that we took you know, in the same round, same, same year, a couple picks later. So, again, looking at the Chicago Bears organization, all they're really missing is a solid and consistent quarterback. I mean, their quarterback stro- struggles killed them last season mm-hmm. between Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles.
1: And to play into the next person we're going to talk about here. Yeah. I think this is the best bet in terms of finding a good quarterback and I don't want to you can introduce him. Yeah, well, I think
0: this is a good segue cuz we're wrapping up the Chicago Bears talk mm-hmm. and so let me introduce this idea and then you can continue. Yeah. A quarterback that will be on the move or should be on the move that we're going to talk about after this in about 5 minutes. Right. Is in a location where we could also see Deshaun Watson going. Where is that location, you ask? The Philadelphia Eagles? Mm. Okay, go ahead, Will.
1: I think, or so wait, the way I was taking it is I think Wentz could be a Chicago Bear. Okay. I think Wentz could be. Potentially, There's been t-
0: talks about that as well.
1: Which, in my personal opinion, I think Philly fans are brutal.
0: <laughs> brutal. I have yeah. personal
1: experience. They'd rip that guy apart. He's not a bad quarterback. I don't know what, what I mean, I don't, statistically, he's not great.
0: Here's the thing. Um, you know, let me let me mention this. Yeah, yeah. I was a huge fan of Carson Wentz when he was first drafted. I'm he had that MVP ca- caliber season, and then he tore his ACL, I think, in L.A. for the Rams, and so Nick Foles had to take over. That was the year they won the Super Bowl. So then come back the next season, you know, remember there was that big discussion, that big controversy, who are the Philadelphia Eagles going to set their allegiance with is it going to be nick Foles who won on the super bowl or carson wentz and now looking at it they obviously went carson wentz and he has not been the same since that injury he turns the ball over too much he makes stupid mistakes we talked about this last season in season five of the tony g show how bad his play was he's playing like a rookie quarterback so to me, this would be a terrible move for Chicago to make, and I've been talking to Bears fans. Really, they agree. They don't want Carson Wentz. Man,
1: I feel like Wentz. Like, in all seriousness, I'm not even joking. I think Wentz in Philly, he's playing rushed. He was being rushed. Mm-hmm. It's like he needs to make big plays fast. Yeah. And and the organization in Philadelphia is not the greatest.
0: Here's the th- here's another thing I want to take into consideration, though. Yes, the fans, and is he being rushed? What is the best situation division-wise, Philadelphia or Chicago? Chicago, you're behind Green Bay. You're behind Minnesota.
1: Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of competition there. And in the NFC
0: East, there's not a lot of competition. It's a terrible division. Right. And you still couldn't win there. So that, to me, plus all his turnovers and everything he's done on the field, shows me that he's not a good fit to be a starter. It surprised me. It honestly surprised me when he said he – Wanted to be a starter next season. I thought there's no way he could earn that job, and especially in the Eagles, since we're talking about the Eagles now. Uh, again, Watson and Philadelphia. What do you think before we move on?
1: I don't think they would do that. I don't think
0: that's a, a good move for him either.
1: I think I think Hertz is would would be. I mean, Hertz in my opinion is very yep.
0: similar to Watson. I would agree. I well, here's what I want to say. I think Car- Jalen Hertz is the next quarterback in Philadelphia. Philly has new a new uh, coach. Carson Wentz is looking towards the door now. I'm starting to think Jalen Hurts is the next guy. They gave him some starts towards the end of the year, and I think it only it only makes sense if you gave Jalen Hurts the starting job in the next season. Obviously, he's going to have to earn that, but you know.
1: I think we t- discussed it last season, but we said every time Jalen Hurts got into the game, it was like second yeah. and goal, and then it was like a false start, and he was taken
0: out. Yep, and then that play <laughs> design was scrapped, and they had a different play. That wasn't for Jalen Hurts, so right. I I agree. I think it's time to give Jalen Hurts the starting job. Carson Wentz,
1: he's gonna be a bear. I'm calling it. Okay, and he's gonna have a good uh, season if he's with the Bears. He's gonna have like they're not gonna win the division, but he's gonna have like a better than he has in since his yeah. blown ACL.
0: Hmm. I, it'll be interesting to
1: or as good. I'm sorry no, to
0: see what the that. Bears do at quarterback. It'll be interesting to see what happens with all these quarterbacks. And before we move on here, we're a little over time on this first segment. That's all right because I want to get into this last quarterback, a quarterback that I think should not be on the move. Will, are you ready for this one?
1: hmm
0: Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of people are saying, you know, he's older. He's going to be 39 at the start of next season. His play is obviously declining. But here's the thing. He's under contract for next year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. And he's going to make $4 million, so it's not like that's enough. That's enough to build with. Listen. Right. Your time to win with him is now. You just win 11 and all with him until, you know, you kind of putted around and lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Browns at home. <laughs> Ugly. I get it. But if you decide what you want to do at quarterback and he's your guy, the time to build for him is now. All right? I I think this is the year. This is the last year of Ben Roethlisberger, so get a good look at him because he's mm-hmm. going to be gone pretty soon. Remember, he's coming off that injury think- last year as well. This is his last year. You got to win retirement with retirement
1: last year. Like he's going to be done, done after this.
0: After this, after this, after upcoming. this upcoming year, he's going to retire. It's the last year of his contract. He's going to earn four million, and then he'll be forty at the start of the next season. Injury prone, I think he's going to retire at the end. At the end again of this upcoming season. But what does that mean for this upcoming season for the Pittsburgh Steelers? They're going to have to build around him now. They're going to have to do a quick little scrap to to figure out. And they had. What many people thought was the defensive player of the year on defense and T.J. Watt, you know, I get it. And so you got to build around him too. They really have to capitalize mm-hmm. on their draft. Yeah, I agree. And and any free agents out there that they think they can land, they have a good wide receiver core with Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay um, Johnson's not a bad Johnson, yep. Bad receiver. And they have good tight ends, Eric Ebron. You know, I mean, a lot of good like average to good players. Yeah, James Connor,
1: right, like. You don't need. I mean, it certainly helps to have sure. all stars. Yeah, but you can win, and they did for most of the season. That's correct. With that squad, so they're missing two to three. Yeah, key key players.
0: It'll be interesting to see what they do there. Let's wrap up this discussion here. You know, it'll be interesting to see what all these teams do and all these quarterbacks do. But you know what else is interesting, Will? What's that? What's coming up in that fourth segment of ours?
1: I don't know. We'll tell mm. them later.
0: Mm. <laughs> Little tease there, huh? I can't wait for the fourth segment either. As for the second segment, we talked about this last Tuesday. The NFL in the offseason needs to make a couple switches here, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about what they are. They probably won't come because the player agreement was before last season, uh, so big changes have to go through that. So you know the collective bargaining agreement, I think, is what they call it in the NFL isn't up <laughs> for renewal. Mm-hmm. So probably most, if not all of these changes will not happen, but something that, you know, I mean the season ends, so it's only worth it to talk about some changes that we think are necessary in the league uh, as football fans, some parts of the game where, where the game lacks creativity or it lacks uh. liberalism for the players to be themselves. Or, 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 all right. So what, what changes are we talking about here? Before we get into any changes, the one thing I want to see will next season from NFL officiating is some damn consistency. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious! Yeah, all season long for every team. I mean, this isn't like a team thing. It's... Games are getting blown because mm-hmm. of these calls, and we saw it a couple of plays in the Super Bowl,
1: even in, even in the conference championship.
0: Yeah, games too. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, I mean, there's some questionable calls. The consistency, every official has to get on the same page, all right? All these teams have to be on the same damn page of how consistent are we going to be, how often are we going to call this or that, because these missed calls are killing games. Let me tell you this. This is a little free advertising for a page I found in doing research, because Tony G does his homework. I found a YouTube channel called Salty Skybox. You know what this is, Will?
1: Hmm.
0: Every week, they put out videos of the five biggest missed calls in week 12, mm. the six biggest call- missed calls in week 13, the seven biggest calls in week eight. That's what they do. They put uh, they find cool. footage of the missed calls, the blown calls by NFL officiating each week, and they put them in a video.
1: That's pretty cool, actually.
0: That is cool. Uh, I was pretty intrigued by it.
1: How much did you watch? Be honest.
0: All of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean regardless, though, the point here is, I mean, they're messing up so much that it's become a mockery. It's a joke now. It is literally a joke.
1: Sorry. Easy. To play off that, too. It's becoming like we have the technology to make this game better. And I want to ask your, or I guess I want to hear what you have to say about this. Sure. After what I say, but why would they not use replay? To confirm or deny calls. I understand it takes a lot of time, but how hard would it be to have a guy up in the booth... Like all
0: plays, you're saying? All calls? Or like,
1: yeah, why not? Yeah. Why not have a guy in the, who's literally his job is to look at replays and say, yes, that is a penalty, or no, that is not a penalty.
0: I think, I think they don't do it because of the logistics of the game, the game flow. Because if there's someone calling down to the field on each drive, that, hey, you messed something up, then... You know, I, I mean, right. To, I guess to that point, though, it's not the problem. Well, that's not the problem that no, there agree. isn't someone agree. C- correcting. It's that why why are they missing them in the first place? These officials. And another thing that would cause more time in those reviews of every play is they'd have to spend time to get the clock right too. So keep that true, in mind. True. You yeah, know.
1: there's a lot of time to be added with this. I mean, we could turn it into baseball if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, Easy there with the baseball. To the referees' defense, like you were saying, how can we you know, we we need to get some consistency. I guess, you know, it's you just gotta chalk it up to human error, but there should be at least some sort of collaboration. I'm I'm and I'm sure there is with referees, but it seems like more often than not, there's these you know, interference calls and it yeah. it I mean, pass interference is insane. In the NFL, you can throw a ninety yard pass, which is almost impossible. Um, you throw a ninety yard pass, you get it down on the one yard line, it's like, All right, that's where the ball goes.
0: Yeah. A spot foul is what they yeah,
1: call that. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, spot foul. There we go. We're going to get real fancy. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's such a game-breaking... Inauthentic breaking, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, it's such a game-breaking call that it's like, okay, then if we can't get consistent with it, then why don't we make the penalty less severe?
0: Right. And speaking about severity of penalties, you mentioned pass interference. I'm going to go with holding. Yeah, that's a big one too. I mean, 10 yards kills a drive, man. How many times have we seen an offense push downfield and then a holding call gets flagged and all of a sudden it's first and 20 now instead of first and 10. I mean, it's ridiculous. And like you said, spot fouls to, oh man, it's tough because you're right. What do you blame? Is it human error? Obviously it is, but how do you fix it moving forward? That consistency. I think you just got to get everyone on the same page and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, if it's blatant, call it. If it's a little, and it's hard to tell, you know, at full speed. Right as it happens. I understand that. But if it's blatant, it's blatant okay, right. for a reason. And if it's not blatant, then it isn't blatant for a reason. <laughs> if an offensive lineman goes to tackle uh, a pass rusher, it's blatant. Yeah. And it's different than a pancake. Pancake is legal. Right. But it's different if you just pull them to the ground or something.
1: And the 10 yards for holding kind of shocks me too because you'd be joking if you said this is a defensive-minded league because oh, it's yeah. not. This is basically a league of it's offense it's an offensively geared league quarterbacks much every penalty backs, yeah wide receivers right i mean and i mean in terms of officiating too if you if you went away from the spot foul that would that would significantly help the defense yep significantly yep you know how much more physical defense would become because you know it. you can you can kind of sacrifice being a
0: little more physical
1: so like it, it, the holding thing surprises me because that hurts the offense so much yeah. for a league that helps that really likes to bolster offenses yeah
0: Here's the reason behind that, Will. Let me, if I may, provide a little context mm-hmm. to that take. The reason that offenses are getting helped out more because of, from penalties than defenses are is because that's where the big-name players are. That's where the big money goes, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs. You're not paying a cornerback a quarterback money. You're not paying a safety the money that a Le'Veon Bell would get or the money that A Patrick Mahomes would get or the money that an Allen Robinson will get coming
1: up right and I guess I'm not arguing that I'm just saying right
0: I'm just providing context as to why the NFL kind of you know they're protecting their quarterbacks right they're protecting chop blocks and you know I guess that's a defensive penalty but still
1: right and I guess I know my answer to this frustration it's we look back at the Super Bowl where it was Rams Patriots and it was what 14 to 10 or some ridiculously low scoring game People don't like watching defensive yeah. football. Usually. Football
0: fans do, but regular people yes, don't.
1: Right, yeah. That's actually a good clarification. Real football fans yeah. love watching good defense, but if you're trying to expand your audience, like like we talked about, they had their shows on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Kids are going to want to watch people scoring touchdowns. And that's
0: what sports try to do, these big sports. Baseball, you see it all the time. They're trying to, they're trying to um, attract the casual fans, Mm -hmm. the fans that'll watch if they have free time, not the fans that go out of their way to watch the sport. And that, you know, you could make an argument against that as well, uh, but we're a little over time here. So, you know, we're going to wrap up this discussion by summarizing the fact that the consistency needs to get better on a league-wide level. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, if we compare this to something like a regular job, if we compare... You know, if you're, if you're on a lawn care crew and you have different units that you mow lawn with throughout the city, and one day you send team A to mow the lawn of this big company and then they hire you back in two weeks and then you send team B to go do it and team B doesn't do as good of a job. They're like, what's going on here? It's any basic job. You have to be consistent and on the same level, on the same page as an entire company. You know what, Will? I think you and I are on the same page that I can't wait to get to this fourth segment.
1: <laughs> really pushing this fourth segment. <laughs> I eh? mean,
0: if you're listening this long, you might as well stick it out for the next ten minutes because segment number four is coming up in ten minutes. Before that, though, segment number three. You ready, Will? That was a quick turn. You ready, Will? You really turned that. Hey, man, we're running out of time, so I have to make quick turns. You know,
1: that's okay. Sometimes it's kind of fun. It's like a scary movie. It's like a jump scare. It is.
0: Yeah. What's gonna come next? All right, Will. It's NASCAR season, my friend, as as Will goes to sleep. It's NASCAR season, the Tony G show. Tony G, going to preview Daytona for you. Coming up. Now, they had their pre-race event to kind of kick off the season on Tuesday. Kyle Busch won that. All right. If this is going to be another, uh, uh, another season of Kyle Busch winning, sign me up for it. The guy is just a pure winner. The guy is like the Tom Brady of NASCAR. You're a Kyle Busch fan? I'm not a Kyle Busch fan. I'm a fan of Matthew Benedetto. I'm a fan of good winners.
1: Okay. I don't even like NASCAR. I'm not a fan of Kyle Yeah, a lot of of people are
0: against Kyle Busch.
1: A lot of people are out on him. I just, my eyes were like wide-eyed, and I was like, just leaned in. I'm like, all right, I'm in.
0: (laughs) See? Because listen, but that's the thing, though. He gets fans to watch. No, he doesn't. <laughs> okay, maybe not Will McCormick. But that's the thing. He's controversial. He's a little edgy. He races with an ego, with a sense of urgency. He races like he's trying to beat you, and that rubs people the wrong way. But you know what? So be it. He's a winner. Okay. What do you think about this upcoming Sunday? Daytona. My guy, Matty Benedetto. You know, he ain't up in the top <laughs> ain't up in the top five like I want him to be. He was up in, like, the top ten in the pre-race and finished, like, you know, way lower than what I needed him to finish at. That's okay. It's a fun route for the underdog. It is, and that's why I like him so much. So, as I mentioned, Kyle Busch won that pre-race on Tuesday. It's called the Busch Clash, all right? And now this upcoming Sunday, Will and I are going to be right next to each other, all buddy-buddy watching uh, Mm -hmm. Daytona.
1: On Valentine's Day. (laughs) On
0: Valentine's
1: Day, yeah. (laughs) Valentine's Day
0: episode. Good thing you mentioned that. I would have never... I would have never put that out. That's of funny. course, the starting lineup isn't set yet because they have to do their qualifying races and all that stuff. But, you know, Tony G is going to be watching his uh, NASCAR Sunday, Daytona. Do you watch like?
1: Do you watch uh, with full attention the entire time?
0: No. Okay. I think it's impossible too. Uh, I couldn't do that. I think it's impossible to do that. But, you know, I, I catch most of it. I'll turn it on, uh, do something, be on the phone, you know, play with the niece, whatever I need to do. Take a nap. They, well, no, not I have taken naps at NASCAR races before. But <laughs> the 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 point of watching, you know, obviously you watch the last couple of, um, laps, right? Because there's usually a lot of and you watch the first couple drama. But you know, the middle portion is you know you don't have to watch it that intently. You just kind of see how guys race. Mm-hmm. You kind of see how they're feeling it out. You see how they're driving. You see how the how the uh, racetrack is is holding cars today. You know, you, you just kind of see how things are going. And then, as it gets to that final hundred laps, that's when you close up by the TV because then they got their their final pit stops coming up, mm-hmm. and and of course the last ten minutes, especially at Daytona like last year, there's some crashes and and you really want to see who's going to sneak out, who's going to sneak away. I remember last year Ryan Newman had that big crash, car flipped over, almost like Cars the movie, yep. you know, where uh, Hudson Hornet kind of flips over and
1: yeah, real bad.
0: Yeah, that that was almost like. I don't want to say identical, but it was the same caliber of a crash for Ryan Newman. He kind of spun out and, uh, you know, other cars were kind of coming at him and, hitting. you know, it was ugly. Not good. He's all right, though. I mean, he's he was back racing before the season ended, and he's back this year. So, heads up to him. I'll be watching. Daytona. Yeah. and My and, guy, Matthew Benedetto. Ah!
1: In all seriousness, there is a lot of strategy to NASCAR.
0: There is. No, there is. There's a lot of strategy. Yep. So. People don't understand that, that. It is just turning left, but there's more than one lane. It's not just, like, a string of cars. There's, like, two, three lanes. If they go three wide, that's, like, a big thing. Oh, they're going three wide around turn three, you know? Right.
1: Like, to the surface viewer, they turn left. Yep. To somebody who actually watches like you, I'm sure there's a lot of things, even in the pit that they do, that's like, Oh, oh, why are they doing that?
0: Or, you know, something interesting, and, you know, you find this stuff out as you watch NASCAR, is as they make their turns... You know, depending on the incline of the track or where they are racing, their tires or their car can sometimes kind of elevate a little bit, catch a slipstream. You know, I, I mean, you can get a bump from another driver or you can try to block other drivers, you know, and, and that's the part that makes me smile. When there's someone out in front and someone's trying to catch up to him, mm-hmm. and they're just blocking them the whole way. I mean, they're like, they're like yeah. eye to eye. He's not going to let them pass. And, you know, that's just good driving. And then the guy behind him will sometimes give him a bump. All right. You're not going to give it to me? Go ahead and take it. You know, it's just good racing. Right. I'm getting completely nerdy here on the Tony G what Show they, about what NASCAR. What they average,
1: like, miles per hour? Is like 250? Something crazy?
0: On, on a straightaway? No, that's, like, that's ultra fast. That's on, like, a straightaway, fast. they they get over 200. to get around 200.
1: That's crazy fast. Yeah. Have you gone 200 in a car before?
0: Oh, jeez, no. I haven't gone over 35. No. I have not gone 200 miles an hour I've in a car. I'd like to.
1: I've admittedly have been in a car going 120 miles an hour. Oh my goodness. It's terrifying.
0: Seems like a rush to me.
1: It's a rush, but it's also like, can you imagine doing that now with like, you know, how many cars are in this race? Like 20? Uh,
0: You know, no, there's over 20. There's about 30. Okay. Around 30. 30
1: 30 other cars.
0: (laughs) Also going 200 miles an hour.
1: Yeah. And then you're also doing these turns and you guys are like, there's instances where they're like less than a foot apart.
0: Yeah. And keep in mind, it's a race car. So it's, more on the manual side of driving. It's not automatic. No. Also, the steering wheel is very sensitive in a race car, especially a NASCAR race mm-hmm. car. A slight turn, whew, you're yeah. veering one way. Yeah. It's not like a normal car, so keep that in mind, too. Wow, I've gotten completely nerdy in overtime. How about the fourth segment, Well, Let's get into it. Are you
1: ready? I am.
0: That was my imitation of fancy music. <laughs> you could care less. All right. Segment number four of the Tony G Show. You know... Well, we've had some good moments on the Tony G Show. This being our ninety-first episode. Are you firing me? And you're out <laughs> from here on. I did start that very dark, like, oh, yeah. Was just we've enjoyed like, our time here with Will, but yeah, yeah. no, no. Here's the thing: our ninety-third episode is going to be next Thursday, and you know we've kind of been a, a a show that wants to branch out and interview athletes. You know, we've we've interviewed Michael Pant. The Tony G Show has interviewed Connie Tilley as well. Um, Those are both related to basketball uh, at SNC. And coming into this year, or or rounding out season four of the Tony G Show, we really wanted to branch out and find more athletes and coaches to interview. You know, Will and I, as a member of Core 4, interviewed Gary Gresh, head basketball coach for the Mm -hmm. men's team. So, you know, we really wanted to branch out and get athletes and coaches. And of course, of course, COVID had to play a part in that. We couldn't get it the way we wanted to, to set up. And, you know, it is what it is, but we're still making the most of it. Right. Because next Thursday, you know, we we focused on basketball. We've wanted, yep, start that drum roll now. This is the intro. Next Thursday, we're going to have a very special guest on. You know, we've we've kind of focused on basketball in terms of our guests. That's just kind of how it's been. I'm open to football, um, baseball, whatever we may look at. Here's the thing, though. How about we just get the root of it all?
1: Mm-hmm. I like that idea.
0: Okay, you see where we're going, Tony G Nation. Smile on the face of Will McCormick and Tony G. Saint Norbert College athletic director Tim Bald will be on the show next Thursday. Remember he coming into this semester, late January, he announced his retirement. He said he's gonna step away from the program. He's just, you know, gonna retire from athletics as a whole. You know, he's getting up there in age and we wish him the best of luck in that journey. You know, the next chapter of his life of his life, um, with his wife and, and kids. So we wish him the best of luck there. He's going to you know relinquish his position here at, and retire. Mhm. Tony G show got him. We got him. Next Thursday we're going to interview Tim Bald. It'll be our 93rd episode. It'll be a special edition. Here's what here's my vision for Tony G shows when we interview someone. You know, usually it's the Tony G show season 6 episode 4 like this is. When we interview someone, we're going to start calling it Tony G interviews. Mm. The Tony G show interviews. I like that. Kind of like the Tony G Show archives or whatever. Right. The Tony G Show interviews, and it's going to be Tim Bald. going to be a special podcast cover. It's going to be a special edition episode for a special, special guest. I look forward to it next Thursday. Tim Bald on the Tony G Show.
1: Yeah, it'll be a fun conversation. I've worked with Tim for three years now at the fitness center, and he's the kind of guy you want to be friends with lifelong.
0: Yep, and he's helped me a lot in broadcasting sports, you know, getting some sports and broadcast attention, some play-by-play and stuff like that. So he's done a lot of great things for the pro- for this program, and I'm sure that will only become more obvious to Will and I as we do our research and, you know, get ready to interview Tim Ball. So that will be a good episode. Look out next Thursday for that. As for this episode, that will do it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Had some,
1: we had some hot topics today, man. We, yeah, it yeah, was a good conversation. We probably could have talked for another hour.
0: Yeah, I could use a nap. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for next Tuesday when we recap Daytona, the entire show.
1: All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> will McCormick. I'll bring my book and I'll read.
0: All right. Will McCormick will do his homework next. No, it, it'll be a good um, show next Tuesday. This will conclude this episode, Season 6, Episode 4, Episode number 93 of the 20G Show, Just Inching Closer. I can't wait to see where we go with this uh, 100 episodes and then Tim Ball next Thursday. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. For Will McCormick, I'm Tony G. We'll see you next time on The Tony G Show.